0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, with me this week, I have Leslie Dixon. Hello. And Jason Earls. Hello, everybody. <laughs> 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 I.
1: My phone Ah! said something, and I forgot that I was on my phone, and I wasn't expecting it, and it just, it kind of squirreled me, but hello, everybody.
2: (laughs) And since that's so easily done.
0: Yes. Right. So, it's been a few weeks since we've had an episode, and a lot has happened since WWDC, and so we figured we'd start the episode off talking about uh the all the apple stuff that's happened since WWDC and everything we found and there is so much cool stuff uh i mean it's really amazing what uh we've gotten this year with the betas and also it's interesting what we haven't gotten with the betas mm-hmm. it's very interesting that uh, ipad os does not have a lot of the same features of the iphone And in fact, I'm just, I wish that we would have gotten like the app library and the widgets on the home screen. But we've also gotten a lot of other things like Scribble and all these other things on the iPad that, uh, it's very interesting. And you know, uh, if you want a deep dive, look at that. Rene Ritchie does some great YouTube videos on that. Jason, has it made a difference on your iPad? The one thing that I notice
1: really right off the bat is voiceover seems to be describing however briefly um, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, more images now around the system, even on my iPad. Um, and you know, I've noticed that some apps, uh, like uh, Pages, have sidebar interfaces now. And Apple did touch on that with WWDC. And honestly, I'm kind of a fan of that. More so with a touchscreen than I would have been with like just a keyboard. But beyond that, I mean, it's it's pretty stable. Like it's it's nice. I've I also feel like I get better battery life in this beta. Um, which is saying something because I feel like my iPad does have some battery issues I need to get looked at at some point, but uh yeah, it's it's
0: I like it, it's nice, and Leslie, do you have any betas on your devices or no?
2: I have not I've been a very bad, bad tech nerd, and I've not installed it yet on anything. Um my iPad one is old enough that it will not update that far, so um, mm. but I do have a phone I can install it on. I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: Now, the phone is where the good but stuff I've is. enjoyed they...
2: hearing some of the stuff y'all oh, talked
1: yeah.
0: about. Where... Yeah.
1: Well, the phone and the watch, I think, are... Oh, I don't the have the watch. TV beta.
0: The watch has gotten so many improvements this year that they just didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, speed improvements, reliability improvements. My battery is not lasting as long as I feel like it should, but that's probably a beta thing. But, you know, I press the crown on my watch, and it's instantly back to the to the watch face or to the honeycomb of apps. It's just fast.
1: See, mine doesn't seem like it's any faster, but that could just be because of voiceover. Um,
0: and it could be the animations are just faster, and that might be mm-hmm. what's, you know, got you know, tricking, you know, the trick of the mind uh, by making yeah. it faster by doing that.
1: I will say, though, I was not initially going to install the beta on my watch. Um, Michael you <laughs> kept trying to convince me convince me and convince me and I'm like well maybe I'll install it when the public beta happens which is another big thing for the first time ever watch public betas but like the developer betas just be warned if you're going to install that on your watch be warned that you cannot downgrade there is no uh, user downgrade process for the watch but
2: and I wish the... I don't want to install the update on my my main phone because I use it so much for work um but I can wish I could install it on my watch without installing it on my phone. <laughs> yeah.
1: That that would be uh that would be nice. But the big thing that really did convince me to install it on my watch is we f- have something in the beta now that I have wanted ever since I got my first ever Apple Watch, and that is the voiceover rotor.
0: I thought I thought you were gonna say yes, it was the hand so that. Thing.
1: <laughs> no, the voiceover rotor. <laughs> I was, was perfectly. Content entertained to not by have the... that
2: demonstration the other day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I had to try it at least. I do have it turned on just because. Well, yeah. But um, it does work. And it is very good at detecting um, when you are, in fact, washing your hands because it uses the accelerometer. And Apple talked about this. It uses the accelerometer and the microphones to hear the sounds of the soap on your skin um, to detect right. when when you're actually washing your hands and voiceover will even when your watch is locked it'll start counting down from 15 and it'll read mm-hmm. the prompts letting you know that you know you need to wash your hands more or that you've done a good job that you've done because they're following the w uh i almost said wwdc guidelines they're following the
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're WHO following the or cdc the,
1: yeah the cdc
2: so many WWDC, acronyms, <laughs>
1: But yeah, they're following the the C D C um recommended hand washing uh guidelines. So a lot of good stuff. <laughs> and we have voice memos on the watch. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that yet.
0: I
2: thought that came I out thought, before then. I thought voice memos was already a thing. I thought so too. Maybe,
1: but I don't remember it until Watch OS seven.
2: I thought it came out last year.
0: Yeah. I'm it might pretty have sure it came out like last six. year.
1: It might yeah. have, but I don't remember seeing it until Watch OS seven. Although I think it's funny. So, you guys know um, Apple has apparently removed um, Force Touch from Watch OS 7. Yes, they have. Like, like they did with 3D Touch in um, iOS, except if you use VoiceOver, you can still use Force Touch.
2: Y'all are lucky. I, and I'm excited about that, because I, that's the one place I use Force Touch on, is my watch.
1: Yeah, I use Don't it too, really use but there is a clear notifications button. button at the top, which is basically what I used Force yeah. Touch for, was to clear all my notifications.
2: Right, that's
0: pretty much all um, I used it for too. And you can still
1: tap still. and hold on icons and stuff. It's, Not, it's just...
0: You can't do that on notifications anymore.
1: No, but there's a... I thought, well, you can do it on the... I know you can tap and hold the watch face to get the customization options right. and stuff you that you used to be that. able to get mm-hmm. when you force touch on the on the face but yeah it still works with voiceover just like 3d touch apparently still works on the iphone 8s
0: and you'll notice that all of the (laughs) options you'll notice that all the options for um force touch like all the menus are now at the bottom of the of each screen that supports them
1: yeah i like them hidden i honest i don't know like i guess i got so used to not having 3d touch On my phone that I'm not surprised in the least that Apple's, you know, removing force touch for the watch. Yeah, I feel like it
0: was a, it was a, it was a, this is the new revolutionary technology. When when they came out with the trackpad on the Macs, they came out with force touch on the watch and 3D touch on the phones. They were kind of a, a, you know, they kind of went hand in hand together. And so they are kind of removing them. In fact... On the Magic Keyboard, it's a regular clicking key of uh, trackpad. I don't think they're oh gonna is get, it yeah. I don't think they're going to get rid of the force touch or the um what do they call it on the on the Macs? Is it I think touch? it is
1: force touch. I don't
0: think I don't think they're going to get rid of those. I don't think they're going to get rid of that technology at all on the Mac. But I think that they are saying let's make our devices thinner by. Removing that extra layer that you can press in on them to add more battery or circuitry or whatnot. So um, I think that's where they're going.
1: Yeah, I, I I would you know tend to agree with you there. But uh, but yeah, it I I do like like the watchOS beta, um, and the iOS and iPadOS betas. Honestly, I think one of my favorite new features actually of the iOS beta. Uh, well, I guess iPadOS and iOS betas. Is that um, if you have a device with a bionic CPU, voiceover will use the neural engines of the, the 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 neural processor of the bionic CPU to describe images that it sees on device, and those descriptions are almost like seeing AI level descriptions, so you might see like an image and then it might say something like um A photo of a man and a woman sitting in a restaurant and it's just it's 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 not perfect but it's definitely a lot close it's 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 a lot more detail than um we have gotten in the past with facial recognition uh descriptions you know like when you're in a photo and voiceover tells you that there's like one face crisp well-lit image or something like that and it still does that on devices that don't have a bionic cpu like my ipad but i love that feature i used it to send a picture of my to my mom in the camera view of the messages app i was touching the viewfinder image and it was telling me what the camera was seeing to the best of its abilities and um so i did that and i also sent a picture of uh our cat to her because she hasn't met him yet and it actually said um a cat standing on a wood floor which was true because our floor in our living room is wooden, so it, it really did a decent job at telling me what was there enough that I felt comfortable sending the picture. So, um, and I've seen f-
2: the improvements in this area me as they've as too. they've come along of where it's really starting to do a better job of determining whether or not that's a floor or a table that you know the cat's on. It's really doing a better job of picking that kind of stuff out.
1: Definitely, and I've. I've been thinking for a while that if a screen reader, if we're going to see screen reader innovation nowadays, I feel like that innovation is going to be in the screen reader's ability to perform on device or maybe off device image recognition and screen OCR and and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, the thing is, it's, it's really interesting where we're, we're going with machine learning and AI. You know, we, we have our app perspective that I'm developing, which is coming along really well, and the neat thing is with these built in technologies on Apple and google and and other platforms, they only get better with the improvements of the platform so it's really right. awesome mm-hmm definitely now I am hoping that um, we you know big Sur the mac os uh, beta is really impressive i mean it's got some neat changes. Uh, some low vision folks are not going to like it. It's very white, very light colored. You could change some of those settings, but basically for visual users, they have changed the entire way the Mac looks and, ah, uh, some good, some bad.
2: So is there no real way to change that? Is it any, there's no different color schemes that can be altered for that? Or is that going to all have to be done in accessibility?
0: accessibility you can change it between light and dark mode but that's about it. Mm.
1: Yeah, you can go into um I don't remember if it's in accessibility but I still think you can do things like change the color of like menu items and highlighted objects and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's all gotcha. you can change. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to getting we will be getting these betas in September or October releases. Yeah or yeah the the full version we have the betas, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure the public will be getting everything that we're playing with, yeah uh, then, but the one thing that's concerning also on the Mac is a lot more software is going to die because kernel extensions are going to be harder to come by, and the things that we we rely on on the Mac are being removed for privacy's sake, and you know, I love my mac, I love iOS but I'm comparing now uh, macOS to Windows Vista.
1: Yeah, I do find that interesting because, you know, you and I, Michael, were talking, uh, <laughs> what was it, like, last week or so, about, let's, you actually may have been there for this, I don't remember, but I remember, at least, Michael, you and I were talking uh, not long ago about how, you know, one of Apple's big uh, marketing things for the Mac at the time when Vista first came out as you know we aren't going to dialogue box you to death you know we're not going to have all of this user account control stuff before you can do anything on your computer and that's kind of gone the other way
2: I was either not there for that conversation or I was not paying attention either one is highly likely (laughs) because I don't remember it
0: (laughs) but what are your thoughts Leslie on this on these changes that Apple's making
2: I I'm looking forward to Some of them, Um, the messaging changes that are coming up uh, with messages, um, being able to set it so that you're only notified if you're mentioned in a comment, making it a little more uh, like WhatsApp. That's a big one that I'm looking forward to, um, especially, you know, being in some text groups. You know, I want to be in the group, but I don't necessarily want to get everything. So uh, that's a nice option. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about the widgets thing, just because I don't really use widgets now. So we'll see.
1: Oh my gosh. It's what? not that bad.
2: Why? It's
1: kind of nice, you so, non-Android sorry. user over there.
2: Well, well, I just don't use them.
0: I like <laughs> I mean... widgets, but the problem is that I have with it is nobody is going to ever use them. Until you can make them prominently available on your home screen and right. on your desktop. And Apple wants them out of the way. They finally did it on the iPhone, but they're still hesitant to do it everywhere else. And um I feel like that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I'm we'll,
2: definitely we'll see. Really excited if I, about if I start to use them screen, more but. when they become part of the home screen. I'm kinda interested to, to see what comes with that I'll, and especially just to see overall how my use of the phone changes with these new changes coming. I love the idea of the was the clips of just having Oh yeah, the app clips. access to apps without them necessarily having to be on your device um for stuff that you don't use very often and you know being able to just dump some stuff into the app library. I I love that idea
0: I moved all my apps to the app library. I have three home screens
1: <laughs> I was talking the Apparently other day have about four uh, but I have to... so
2: much stuff in folders. It's ridiculous
1: yeah, me too but i i mean i I have like I have like two pages, two home screens because I don't have like a ton of apps on my phone, but I do have enough that require me to have you know two pages of 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 home uh, two home screens. My first page is literally just folders with apps inside but i was talking to michael i think it was you um about realizing that maybe what i might start doing is putting apps on my home screen that i use frequently and then having all of my other apps in the app library because i already have it set now um to put new apps that are installed in the library and not on my home screen right so it's 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 exciting it's, it's it's nice. It's different. And, I don't have
2: as many folders on my main home screen. I My main home screen, I have the apps that I use the most around the edges. And then I have some folders and apps that I don't use quite as much in the middle. And then like on my second page, that's full of folders. Second and third. There's a lot of folders there as you get further back.
0: And again, that's a feature we don't have on the iPad. So I wish that they would consolidate that. Or do something different.
1: Yeah, me too. Right.
0: right.
1: And the translate app, we don't have the translate app on the iPad either,
0: but I don't think. Siri will tr- do translations, but also Safari on the iPad will translate web pages too.
1: I haven't actually used that yet, at least not that I know of.
0: I kind of I feel <laughs> yeah, does like Does it it's, tell you? I don't know. That I'm not sure being how translated? it
2: works. That would be interesting.
0: I kind of feel like the translate app is like weather and calculator. We We see hints of it in the OS, but it just won't show up. Right. <laughs> you
1: know, actually, the new Compact... I haven't messed with Siri much as far as looking with, looking at responses with voiceover. But the Compact call UI, I like it and I don't like it. I'm always looking for it. Me too, with voiceover, because it's so small.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At least the touch targets appear to be so small. It's very hard to find if you want to use that feature, because... It happened to me the other day. I got a call while I was in the process of deleting an email that I, you know, I didn't need anymore. And I'm like, well, since I can do this, let me just delete this email really quick and then I'll answer this call. And then I could not, I couldn't find it very easily. I think that they're at the top right hand corner of the screen, but top middle, you know, you may the end the up, answer buttons at the top, are they right. at the top middle
0: the answer buttons at the top, okay. right, but the whole, the UI is top middle.
1: I almost wish you could, and you can you can revert it so that it behaves, you know, the way it's always behaved, but I almost wish you could make it just a little bit bigger.
0: You could also find the call UI and uh, scroll down on it. I think you could do a three-finger three, thing, three finger flick down or up. I think it's three-finger flick down and bring up the, the full screen.
2: Oh, really? I didn't know
1: that. If you can do that, voiceover, I don't think, indicates that with hints, so that'll be interesting to play it with. It shows
0: it. You, you could do it visually so I would hope there would be an accessible way to do that
1: oh yeah I would hope so too watch it be in action
0: right could
2: be so
1: but, you know luckily though you can still magic tap
0: yeah right so um let's go ahead and move on and talk about uh one of our apps that we mentioned earlier and that is uh our app perspective AI you know there are loads of OCR apps out there and object recognitions app- apps out there but None of them use your device's built-in features. None of them have the quality that Apple gives you on your phone. And we're building an app that takes the perspective of the device you're using. And yes, I say device, not just iPhone or iPad, but we're going to bring this to Windows. We're going to bring this to Android. We're going to bring this to Mac everywhere that um, you use a computer to bring affordable OCR solutions to you so that you can use OCR in no matter what task you're doing. So we're doing a beta test, and if you'd like, uh, send us an email at feedback at iAccessibility.net if you want to learn more and join the beta, or just do a Google search for Join Perspective AI Beta, and you can take part in this amazing opportunity to give feedback on the development of this app. It's not even close to being done, and yet I've heard people say it's some of the best OCR they've seen. And it's it, it's really awesome. And unlike others, this app will work on iPad even while multitasking. There's others that do not. This is all on device, and it just does a remarkable job. I would say that you know I'd take all the credit for it, but you know the people that really should take the credit are are Apple's employees for making such good machine learning algorithms and and all those for making perspective work. We're just allowing that technology to work in the fashion that will have text be read to folks. And it's nice that they're bringing that to um, iOS as a, uh, you know, describing the screen and um, text on the screen. But we want to bring that a step further so you could save your documents that you scan to your phone or your iPad. So, Perspective AI uh, is in development and is going strong. Jason, you and Leslie use it, right? I
1: haven't used it a lot lately just because, you know, we've had problems where it's not been reading. And I think you told me that it was something in iOS 14 that was causing
0: that to happen. It's seeming to work in beta 2. So I would give it a shot again.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot again, but I love the interface.
2: Yeah, Um, like I mentioned the other day, I've really been using it. It's it's become my go-to app for scanning mail or, you know, any kind of documents that I re- need to read. I've almost even without realizing it started defaulting to it as opposed to some of the it's other you, apps that I use. So I'm very excited about how well it, it does.
1: It's because you know that you don't have to hit a feedback button to give feedback. You can just talk to a guy.
2: <laughs> no, it's not that. But it's just uh so my initial thought when I when I first started testing it was, you know, if it's going to drain my battery like this, I don't know how often I'm going to use this or if I if I'm using an app like Seeing AI where I've got so many other features in there like money reader or light detector, am I going to continue to default to that because I I tend to use those that app for other things as well. And it does such a good job with OCR that I've I've in faulting to it. If I'm gonna re-scan a document, that's what I'm gonna choose.
0: I did not pay her to so say I've, those words.
2: I've... No, he did not. He didn't even buy me dinner. It
1: kinda did sound oh, like it. you did though, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just put some like some like, you know, testimonial music, you know, Apple commercial it up, you know. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs>
0: Well, I actually
1: did use Perspective. Oops, sorry, Michael. No, go ahead. Um, I actually did use Perspective uh, back when, before I installed the beta on my phone, and I did notice it actually seemed to do a better job of reading the display on my Keurig than I was able to get with seeing AI, which was really cool. So that was nice
0: and there'll be more features added to it. You know, it it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that Seeing AI has right now in other apps, you know. I don't want to single out Seeing AI here because it is an amazing app and I want people to realize right. that. But uh it will be getting a lot of those same features and all of it will be on device, so I'm very excited about that. So,
1: guess that means you'll have to figure out what kind of barcode database you want to use.
0: Actually, we have one of those lined up.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. Well, cool. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: <laughs> So, on to our next topic. You know, this week was, uh, and the week before were convention weeks. And, you know, everything's different this year because of everybody being at home. But I think that both organizations did amazing conventions. And I want to see that continue. Even though we will have in-person conventions, hopefully in the future. Um, I feel like that <laughs> this has allowed folks to communicate and network more than ever before. Uh, I was at um, you know, several of the Zoom meetings, and we were able to chat while the presentation was going, which allows us to communicate with like-minded individuals. And so I feel like that really changed the dynamic of these conventions. And So what are y'all's thoughts on that?
1: I think you saw it both with the NFB convention, I'm assuming the same is true with the ACB convention. I didn't really listen to that much, um, but, and it has nothing to do with organizations. It's just, I didn't, um, but, you know, you see it with those, but you also saw some of that with WWDC being virtual, you know, you could have a lot more people go to WWDC who may not have been able to go due to the, you know, travel expenses or, um, you know, other 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 reasons like that, so... It's great in that aspect. It does seem like it will it'll open up uh, these these types of events to more people who who would be able to attend who may not otherwise be able to if it were a physical only event.
2: I I love the ability to reach more people. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I I like the idea of people being able to use the chat during the seminar to share information. But for me, it's distracting. I I found myself less able to concentrate on the speaker because I was constantly hearing people coming into or leaving the meeting. I was constantly hearing stuff coming up in the comments, which may or may not have been relevant. And so for me, it was very distracting. And I found myself attending less of the the sessions because of that, because I would attend one or two and just be overwhelmed and not want to do any more that day. Whereas I might push through that in person just because, hey, I paid money to get there, uh, spent money on a hotel, so I'm not going to waste that by not going to sessions. I'm going to push through a little bit more and uh, I can tend to tune people out more in a large room and focus on the speaker where I can't really do that over a Zoom meeting. And it it's not just conventions. it's It's been a lot of webinars that I've attended Um training sessions through other organizations that I feel the same way. So that's my only problem with it, but I didn't attend uh, any of the ACB stuff. Um, I was planning on it and I just didn't get around to registering. But um, I think from what I heard of that convention, what I saw of the NFBs, I think they both handled it very well. And I loved being able to go uh, with NFB, go into the attendee hub, select things from the schedule kind of add it to mine so that I knew when things were coming up was able to interact with some people outside of sessions who would send messages going hey i work um, for this organization too um you know what are your thoughts on this or i had someone contact me who was in inter- or in the same program that i had gone through for my masters and said i'm just starting out in this program uh can i can I get with you and ask you some questions so that I know kind of what to expect um, when I start working in this field or that kind of thing. And so that was nice where I might not get the opportunity all the time at a convention to meet with people like that because I'm running around trying to go from one session to the next. So definitely some things I did like about it.
0: Yeah. And I actually liked what they did. Um there were a few things I did during it that I didn't care for like the way they handled filler time during voting but I liked the phone-in voting. That was pretty cool for NFP.
1: Yeah, that was really neat. I um I didn't do it but I had heard some of the the uh sessions and stuff and the way the voting worked and it was really it was really really an interesting way to do it. it what was it like you you would text one I think it was to vote something up and then two to vote something down.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: So, yeah, really easy some of them
2: for were, people. Yeah, that was handled some ways. Uh, I, some of the sessions that I was in, um, it was handled with hand raises. Yeah. They would count the votes, uh, ha- count the hand raises, and that could be done either over the Zoom app, um, the computer application, or by phone. And then they would, of course, say, you know, okay, now everybody put your hand raise down, and if you want to vote against, now you people, raise your hands.
0: But it was very interesting, and I, I really commend them for, for doing their best for what they could. And the technology used was just really cool. Uh, I won't talk about one of the things that happened, but I, I do know that the Echo skill really turned out well. You know, We use that to listen to the um, convention, and I think that they tried to get the, the stream out to as many people as they could, and that's really awesome.
1: Yeah definitely.
0: So I really think they've done a good job on um, preparing these things, And the one thing I think that's different from like how Apple did WWDC is they had forums and different things at WWDC, but it didn't really have a way to be interactive. Like it would be neat if they had like rooms in the developer app where there was like a chat where you could talk or do things like that during the the conference. And they had labs, they had those other things, but they didn't have an easy way for people to connect. And I think that, um, you know, the uh, the way that NFB used Attendee Hub was really awesome and innovative. And I want to commend them for that.
1: They should make that a thing for like conventions from like now on, I feel like.
0: Well, I've heard that to get a contract to use that thing is pretty expensive at one of the meetings Mm. I was at. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I did like that, that it was well done.
0: I mean, of course, it had some accessibility problems, but it was great. I also think, you know, one of the problems that I do have with some of these, and I don't don't remember how well ACB sounded, but I feel like folks need some training on being virtual hosts, meeting hosts, because (laughs) there were a lot of meetings where... People just didn't have an understanding of how to use the technology they were using. And whether it be presenter or presentee, I guess, <laughs> uh, you know, all the, all the attendees of the, of the, of the meeting. Because people wouldn't know if they were muted or not, and they'd be talking, and it was like, whoa. Uh, you know, as a default, I always, in Teams and in Zoom, I have my settings set to video off, audio off. muted on both right that way i know although i had that
2: experience with work the other day um i could not tell and this was a new we were trying zoom for work for the first time to have a meeting and i for whatever reason could not tell that my uh whether my audio was muted or not it it was very confusing the way it said it, and I don't know if it had to do with, uh, I mean, because I use all Zoom all the time on my home computer, but doing this on my work computer, I don't know if it was something about the way the platform was set up or, or what, but I could not tell that I was unmuted until somebody I've seen pointed it out.
1: I o- I've seen it in iOS where you'll, you'll hit the button, and um, it doesn't actually mute slash unmute you. Right. So it's just like, um... Not sure. So
2: I can I can see where people could have trouble with it. I think for the range of people's abilities to use technology, it went well. Um, Yeah, you're going to have people who are not really sure what they're doing or having trouble. But, you know, for something that was done for the first time, I think overall the whole thing went off pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... You did also have some drastic, drastic, drastic differences in levels um, from different presenters and things. But, you know, like you said, you know, for a first first attempt at this, I, I also think it went pretty well. One of the things that really gets me, though, about virtual conventions in general is when or, you know, virtual events, I guess I should say in general, is when people try to insert crowds or, 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 or things like that when they don't exist, I feel like it's better to embrace the fact that the event is being held virtually. And I feel like it's it would be a lot less effort to do that than it would be to try to... I don't want to say pretend, because that sounds like too strong of a word, but try to to replicate, I guess, an environment where you have crowds and, 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 and things like that. Um, it's always just kind of left a bad taste with me, for whatever reason, when that happens.
0: Now, I will share my funniest experience <clears throat> during convention, and... If you are the person that did this, if you're listening to this podcast, take note. Learn a lesson. (laughs) Turn Uh your video off. Oh, no. Uh,
2: Yeah. Oh, no.
0: I I turned it to gallery view on one of the meetings, not even the general (laughs) session, just one of the meetings, and was just sitting there watching, kind of looking at seeing who was there. And I didn't, I didn't look at names, so I couldn't, I, and I wouldn't call people out. But I watched this one person who was not looking at the camera, and they took this big water bottle they had or something, and they just started drinking water, and that's okay. You could drink water. I don't care. But they right. were going for like thirty or forty-five or a full minute, and so <laughs> like halfway through, I'm like, chug, chug, chug. <laughs> it was just
2: like yeah, it was it was how... very entertaining to be on team talk and listen to michael <laughs> commenting on right. this meeting cuz <laughs> also i bet that had to He's be like, weird with sound
0: <laughs> i was doing i was being the audio describer of that meeting i don't remember what meeting it was yeah but, uh...
2: And then he's like, you know, and now I see someone's phone. It's facing the ceiling, and like their finger coming down to to tap on the screen. Uh, oh dear.
1: It's like a finger coming out of the sky, just like.
0: Shoo, no, well, plunk. they were hold, they were holding it first, and then um, they started using the phone and typing on it, and you just see these giant fingers do 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 do. I wonder how
2: many lightings
1: of pockets were shown.
2: (laughs) Well, I think you said what you saw, uh, like, somebody's throat, the top of somebody's head, (laughs) just all kinds of craziness uh, from, you know, people who may not even understand the concept of video, like, how, what the cameras pointed at, or or even think about it, so.
1: Right. I've been told I'm generally, you know, decent at it, but... Obviously well, it's... now your
0: phone will tell you if you're lined up or not right well, oh, does it in zoom? no, but you could use your uh camera app to determine that and then connect on zoom
1: oh well, hmm actually, I don't know if you can use the camera app because if you touch the if you touch the view the the viewfinder thing, it tries to describe the because you know how it'll say like um viewfinder focus locked image or viewfinder focus unlocked image it will instead of trying to describe what's in the viewfinder it it's like it's trying to describe the image of that icon or whatever that tells you whether or not your focus is locked or not
0: only uh, cuz it will still do well like it used to do one face you know all that stuff oh that but okay, right now, I about right that yeah now i, I guess it's phone, true you know it should still give you more information yeah,
1: that's true because it'll tell you, you know. So tilt even if I stuff, were I using,
2: say, the camera on my laptop, I could use my phone next to that and help me line that laptop camera up. Or the, in the case of my work computer, we have a a webcam sitting on top, and I can use my phone camera to help me line that up properly. Yeah. So that people aren't looking at the top of my head or. <laughs> it's kind
1: of interesting because everybody. In, you know, different um, articles and things, more focus is being put on it, Are talking about how terrible that, that the cameras on Macs apparently still are.
0: Oh, they're abysmal. They are terrible. <laughs> I would not use a Mac camera to record anything. You, you, you could use a Mac camera to, like, make a FaceTime call, but you'd be laughed at if you tried to use it for YouTube. Mm-hmm. But you I mean, would it's, think that... It's a 720p camera that's too thin. The top of the screen of the Mac is too thin to build a better camera.
2: Sure. It just wasn't... wasn't made for that.
0: Well, other laptops like the, the Surface line have 1080p cameras. The A lot of other ones mm-hmm. have better cameras. Shoot, the iPad front-facing camera is much better.
1: I've that's even true. heard that the... I don't know how true this is, but I've even heard the Pixelbook has a better uh, camera in its screen.
0: It probably does. So, well, this has been an interesting show. Uh, it's been a very eventful show. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about different things, and uh, it's been really awesome getting to kind of talk about the betas and uh, the convention, so, but... I think it's about time to wrap it up for today. So um Leslie, I know you're dying to tell people about your pick and also <laughs> about where people can find you online. Thank
2: you for letting me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so uh, my pick this week is the new um Jim Butcher book in the Dresden Files series. And um I am only halfway through it, maybe. Um, it's called Peace Talks, and so far it is very, very good. And um, Michael, you finished it, right?
0: I did. I did finish it.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I will. I will probably get to the end of this in the next day or so. But um, really enjoyed it so far, and very happy that he has finally put out another book in this series, and and looking forward to the next one coming up in September. And you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Leslie at iAccessibility.net. It's L-E-S-L-I-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Lessa. L-A-D-Y underscore L-E-S-S-A.
0: And also tell people how they could find your awesome podcast.
2: You can find our awesome podcast on, <laughs> and that is not the name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hands on safety. Um, You can find us on iAccessibility.net. You can find us on Spotify um, by searching for hands on safety. Um, You can find us on Facebook by searching for hands on safety podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at hands underscore safety. And we really need some more people to start following us on Twitter. So um, appreciate y'all looking us up there.
0: All right. Jason, what's your pick this week and where can people find you?
1: I am also going to pick books, or it. Well, I guess you picked a book. I will pick books, um, and She's trying I, to outdo me. I see. <laughs> well, it was one audio file, so I guess there's gotcha. that.
2: Okay. But anyway, there you go.
1: So, <laughs> so I am picking the Endkeeper Chronicles by Alona Andrews, and uh, I found this on Bard. Actually, looking for the next Murderbot Diary book because I really would like them to add that. But anyway, on Bard, at least, there are four books. I don't remember the order of them right now, but they all have some variation with the word sweep. Like there's Queen Sweep, Sweep of the Blade, Sweep with Me, and uh, uh, what's the other one? I forget what the other one is, but um, it's a story about uh, it's set in Texas. And, um, there are innkeepers, and the innkeepers are hosts to supernatural guests, so you know werewolves and vampires and other creatures that you know the humans are not really supposed to know about. They're supposed to remain secret, and um the innkeepers have a connection to their ends, and so through a magical bond, they can have the ends. Add rooms and subtract rooms and change all kinds of things about them. And, uh,
0: interesting.
1: I, it, it really is. It's, uh, it really is a very interesting read. And I really recommend the Bard version specifically. It's read by Emily Ellet, who did a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic job of, of narrating those books, in my opinion. I heard the version that you can get from from apple books uh using one of the previews and i i found i liked emily ellett's performance much better personally but i believe all of the books that are there in bard if you download it uh are what is available now they do i guess offer the they they had uh like free serialized like additions i guess to the endkeeper chronicles and then when they finish the story they'll package it up as a book I believe and then they'll you know sell it for people to buy and stuff but you can find out more about the innkeeper chronicles by going to uh, elonaandrews.com you should be able to also google the innkeeper chronicles very very good read I'm very sad that I am done with it because I want more (laughs) so like I said I really like the BART version so if you're going to read it in audio I highly recommend if you have access to it to read it there. People can find me producing content for iaccessibility. You can email me at Jason at iaccessibility.net. You can search for me on Facebook, just search for Jason Earls. You can also follow me on Twitter at JDE. That's Juliet Delta Echo91. I do ask that if you add me to social media that you let me know that you have found me from the IA cast.
0: Alright, so I've been contemplating you know what to pick. Because I did finish that book and I gave it to the pick to Leslie. So (laughs) I started another book based on her recommendations, hers and Aaliyah's called A Plague of Giants. And it's another fantasy book. It's written by an amazing author named Kevin Hearn and just great, great so far. I'm only about 30 minutes in, not even exactly sure what the whole thing's about, but I just went based on the recommendation and uh, I'm very excited to learn more. So A Plague of Giants, and it's the first in a series of books. As for where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility and apps and other things. Uh, you can email me at Mike It's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter, and you could find me in my website, michaeldoeys.com, and all over the web. Just search for my name, and you'll find me. So, thanks everybody for being here for this episode of the IA Cast. We will be back soon with another episode and we'll have all kinds of new topics to talk to you all about. So, we will see you then and have a wonderful rest of your week. And we hope that uh, you keep enjoying the show. So, thanks and have a great day.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.